Hello, my dirty, filthy whore bags. Welcome back to another episode of Queen's Table. It's your girl, Queen S, and we're back with another episode of Tea Time Weekend Recap, okay? This episode um, definitely is hitting a lot harder um, than all the ones previously. I was supposed to record this yesterday, but it was just too much. And even today, it's still too much. But Mamba Mentality is the show must go on. Uh, So of course, we're going to open out today's episode, uh, paying our respects uh, to the lives that were lost. Sunday morning, uh, Kobe Bryant, along with seven others, including his daughter, Gigi, who was only 13 years old, died from a helicopter ride early Sunday morning. Uh, Kobe and his daughter Gigi, as well as um, the um, other uh, people involved on the flight, uh, they were all scheduled to go to a game. Um, And there was a recent interview that came out, well, resurfaced, where Kobe basically explained the reasoning behind him choosing to fly a helicopter instead of going through, you know, normal traffic and stuff like that. And he stated that he decided to, you know, use helicopter as a means of transportation so that he won't miss out on the family time uh, due to him being in traffic, in L.A. traffic. And so this tragedy just kind of just struck all of us worldwide, whether you love sports, whether you don't love sports, just in general, like I'm broken. Okay. I'm broken. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of, you know, there's just a lot. And and my main question is, you know, how's Vanessa, you know, how's Vanessa doing? You know, that was her person, you know, they got together, um, in 1999 after him and Brandy was together which I didn't even know that him and Brandy was dating I you know watching their chemistry was crazy in itself as well but you know that was her person you know that's all she knows that's all who that you know since she was 17 you know since she was 17 and you know I really do just hope that there's some sort of closure that she could find in this tragedy. And I really do hope that there's a way that kind of her and Lauren London can kind of meet each other to kind of help each other along, you know, because everybody needs somebody. How is John and Carrie's eldest daughter doing? You know, I pray for all the families involved. And I am just going to say all the victim names to show and pay respects uh, so it's Kobe Bryant, Gigi Bryant, John Altabelli, his wife Carrie Altabelli, his daughter Allison Altabelli, Christina Mosser, Shara Chester, and Peyton Chester as well. So Sarah and her daughter Peyton, as well as the pilot. So I am just going to give a moment of silence, um, just out of respect. Uh, for all the lives that were lost. So we're just going to do a 24 second moment of silence.
I pray for everyone involved um, because this literally came out of nowhere. Like it literally came out of nowhere. And I literally just seen Kobe's last tweet, which was him shouting out LeBron for beating his record, um, which was Saturday, uh, for beating his record and um, having the most um, threes of all time. And his tweet stated, continue to move the game forward. King James must respect my brother. Hashtag 33644, which is the score that LeBron needed to surpass Kobe, which Kobe had 33644. And so, I mean, uh, Kobe had 33643, and LeBron had 33644. And I watched the post-interview where they basically asked LeBron exactly what Kobe meant to him, and it was just so powerful to watch his love for Kobe and how their lives have been kind of intertwined with one another um, around the love of basketball and fatherhood and that sort of thing, not knowing that less than 24 hours later that everything would have just changed so quickly. You know, I'm still stuck. I can say that. And I've never met Kobe. Um, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of um anybody really I love watching basketball I love watching football I don't have a favorite player I don't have a favorite team or anything like that so I just truly enjoy watching the love that um these boys leave on the floor when it comes down to them playing a sport that they loved but what kind of set Kobe different from the rest is he never made an excuse as to why he couldn't be better he just became better he just did it only took him one time for him to take an L and he kept it pushing. It wasn't like, oh, let me try this. Let me let, let me let me not learn from my mistakes. It was like once an opportunity came for him to be better, he became that better. It wasn't a thought, it wasn't a second guessing, it wasn't a questioning. He just became that. There was never any doubt in his mind of what he can and cannot do because he knew that ultimately speaking that decision lies in his hands. And he made the best of all situations in every situation. And I've just sat back and I've just been kind of just taking everything in as it, uh, you know, just, just taking everything in and just the love and the stories that have been shared. You know, Shaq's son actually spoke to Kobe like a few hours prior to everything. And Kobe reached out to him, asking him if he was good. You know, Shaq himself is distraught as well as Lamar Odom, you know, stating like if God had the opportunity to take him instead, he would want him to. And then you also have, you know, Doc Rivers, you know, basically breaking down trying to explain to reporters like how do I go back and tell these these young boys who look up to this man that they just have to just basically suck it up and just go and play their heart out if I can't even do it myself I can't even I can't even gather my thoughts together you know what I'm saying and uh this morning I seen Amon 
he finally posted and I was waiting for him to say something because, you know, I kind of just went down the ballpark and kind of just expected, you know, to hear just from certain people, you know what I'm saying? And he stated in high school, you told everyone on my team to put all of their eggs into one basket. And if it doesn't work out, you just make more eggs. That was my moment of becoming a fan of you that drive that level of seriousness in your voice when you said, it still sticks with me today. Thank you for being, thank you for your blueprint of success, the fierce competitiveness, the highlights I could replay in practice, the extreme focus and ability to look through things that aren't a part of the mission. You truly were the ultimate competitor. You will truly be missed. Rest peacefully, God. Hashtag eight times 24. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot that's going on. I also have seen you know, different videos of different athletes and celebrities kind of paying their own little respects. And I seen the video of LeBron just crying uncontrollably and other players as well playing their heart outs um, in remembrance to Kobe and just what he's done to just impact their lives, you know. And so even with the Grammys, they did an amazing job with paying tribute to both him and Nip, like I stated before. But Kanye also threw um, a service event at midnight that featured Kirk Franklin and Chance the Rapper as well. And so it's just a lot that's going on. And it's just all about just being the best version of yourself for yourself, you know? You also have Jimmy Fallon, um, paid his tribute and it was emotional as well because he could recall the first time him and Kobe ever meeting was at a party where neither one of them were really known then and that they went on a beer run and you know he broke down because he was like throughout the years that was always their go-to you know to talk about fatherhood to talk about you know what has come to pass over the years of both of their growth you know and them not really understanding or realizing back then just how much of a factor that they would have become in the future. And he just got so emotional, you know. You also have Shawnee O'Neill and her daughter. Um, they just posted a photo showcasing that Kobe and Gigi was actually at her game the day before, um, the accident happened, you know. She stated, I knew y'all were watching over me. I was trying my best to impress both of you. Going so hard till I can't breathe no more. Right after this game, I ran over to you, Unc, just wondering what I was going to say or do. You told me my game was looking great. You said that I was better than good enough to make it. You told me to get in the gym with you. You told me so many honorable things. It's hard to even think about it. Thank you, Unc. Please watch over me. You'll always be with me, both of you, forever and always. Just basically kind of watching over them in this photo. And it's just so crazy just how everything is just so intertwined. Like, everything is just... <sighs> and with the love that has been shared and um, given to Kobe, I'm just also glad that his flowers were given to him while he was alive as well. And it wasn't like he past without knowing just as much of um a factor he is to a lot of people's lives um this amazing 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 one of the greatest of all time um graffiti artists muck rock 
uh, came out of retirement to pay tribute to both Kobe and Gigi. Uh, she put up the first uh, mural um, that says Kobe and Gigi forever, daddy's girl. And then, um, and this was done yesterday. And then as well as she also did another one in black and white as well to just pay tribute amongst all the other tributes that were done throughout the world. I know I seen one in the Philippines. Um, they did it on one of the basketball courts. I know in Italy, uh, they're having like a, this whole week is just a celebratory week for him because he grew up in Italy. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. But the one thing I can say that makes everything, I, I want to say just not necessarily better, but kind of just put my heart a little bit at ease is knowing that him and Gigi were two peas in a pod, you know, and he would laugh and share stories about her and just how amazing and talented she would have been. And I just find comfort in knowing that he was a father to the end and that just from what I've witnessed about his characteristics and his fatherhood and his love for his family, his love for those he care about that. I know he was comforting her. I know that he was making her put her mind at ease and not necessarily just her, just everybody that was on that helicopter. You know, I know that he tried to make it as smooth of a transition as possible for everyone aboard. And, you know, a lot of different things have came out, you know, people have been telling their own stories of Kobe and what he meant to them and that sort of thing. And so I just want to just talk about the one that just kind of just took me off the edge. It's likely that you're hearing many personal anecdotes about Kobe Bryant. So here's mine. I met Kobe one time backstage at an event for ESPN in New York and I saw him and I thought oh my gosh that's Kobe I gotta get a picture for the gram mm. that's the picture I didn't get it for a few minutes because as I approached him he immediately commented on my rather large eight-month pregnant belly how are you how close are you what are you having a girl I said and then he high-fived me girls are the best I asked him for advice on raising girls seeing as though he quite famously had three at the time and he said, just be grateful that you've been given that gift because girls are amazing. His third daughter, Bianca, was about a year and a half old at the time. So I asked if he wanted more children. And he said that his wife, Vanessa, really wanted to try again for a boy, but was sort of jokingly concerned that it would be another girl. And I was like, four girls, are you joking? Like, what would you think? How would you feel? And without hesitation, he said, I would have five more girls if I could. I'm a girl dad. When it came to sports, he said that his oldest daughter was an accomplished volleyball player and that the youngest was a toddler, so TBD. But that middle one, he said, that middle one was a monster. She's a beast. She's better than I was at her age. She's got it. That middle one, of course, was Gigi. When I reflect on this tragedy and that half an hour that I spent with Kobe Bryant two years ago, I suppose that the only small source of comfort for me is knowing that he died doing what he loved the most, being a dad, being a girl dad. That one, this is just, this is just, 
this is just a lot, you know. And then on top of that, you know, the Grammys were also being held. So the Grammys did a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful tribute to him and Nip at the same time. And Nip walked away um, with a couple of wins himself and that sort of stuff. And, you know, all of this outpouring love and admiration for Kobe and his love for his family, the love for basketball is just, it just really just shows like how much of a factor he is to everyone. And this is beyond basketball, you know, and I do know that for me personally, there has been a shift, um, as far as like time waits on nobody, you know, and it is on you to make the best out of your life, the best way that you can. And that is your only responsibility is to make sure that you wake up every day doing, doing whatever that makes your heart happy, you know? So since his passing, there has been a petition, um, that had started, um, to get the NBA logo changed out from Jerry White to Kobe Bryant. And the petition originally needed a hundred thousand signatures. Um, and it has over a million. And so I've seen a couple of different people's version of, um, how the silhouette is supposed to look and that sort of thing. And I just, I just feel the love that he has kind of brought to everyone, you know, even with the new coming players, there's a lot of people who mimic Kobe's style of playing, whether that's defense or offense, his, his mentality, his Mamba mentality and just everything, you know, The owner of the Dallas Mavericks stated that he's going to retire the jersey 24 so that nobody can ever wear it again. You know, UConn paid their respects for Gigi. And, you know, all over the world, the Philippines, Italy, all over the world, people are just paying their respects in every city, shining purple and gold because it's bigger than basketball. And, you know, now it's very much so essential that we keep Kobe year, the year you turn 24, tradition alive. It's essential that we keep when you shooting trash in the trash can or when you shooting in general to scream out, Kobe, we got to keep it alive. We got to keep the greatness going. We got to keep it flowing. And that's on that, if he does sit, and that's period. Last night, right before I went to sleep, Um, There was this video that resurfaced um, back in 2016 when Kobe couldn't attend the Special Olympics. He made this video. And yeah, so we're just going to leave this as that. And so I'm just going to play that. Is to love what you do. Hello, everyone. I'm so sorry I can't be with you tonight. However, I couldn't completely miss the chance to take a moment to share some thoughts with all of you. The lesson I cherish the most is how important it is to love what you do. If you love what you do and it's making you happy, all the hard work and perseverance will pay off. I once had a guidance counselor tell me that I shouldn't play basketball, uh, that it would never amount to anything for me. His negativity towards me made me stronger. You can't stop people from trying to limit your dreams but you can stop it from becoming a reality. Your dreams are up to you. 
I encourage you to always be curious, always seek out things you love, and always work hard once you find it. So with that, I'll let you carry on with your evening. Please know I'm thinking of you, supporting you, and encouraging you always. Hello, everyone. And we're just going to leave it as that. Rest in peace. Rest in paradise. Rest in love. Rest in just rest in greatness to all the lives lost, including Kobe and Gigi. And so we are just going to move on to the next topic of Tea Time Weekend Recap on Queen's Table. We're going to talk about the Grammy winners. There was a lot of hype and there was a lot that were going on around the Grammys Sunday night. And there was a lot of people that felt like the Grammy wins were kind of backhanded compliments and that sort of thing. And so just a few of the wins, uh, Rodney Rich and Nip won for Rax in the Middle, J. Cole and 21 Savage won for a lot. And then also Nip also took an, another award for his song with DJ Khaled and um, John Legend Hire amongst Lizzo. And a Coffee actually won uh, the best reggae album, and she's the youngest and the only female to win in that category as well. So on top of that, the Grammy, like I said previously, uh, they did held a celebration for Kobe as well as Nip during that night, and so it was, it was, it was something. It was something. What I did appreciate and love, 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 love so much is that there were a lot of stars that brought out their mothers to the Grammy. I know 21 did, YBN, Cordy uh, did as well as 21, um, and little baby and little baby, his little tribute to his mama and, and telling his mama, um, that, you know, he was getting her dressed up for something that wasn't a trial or a funeral and that she ultimately won that night. And, uh, but the main reason why I wanted to talk about the Grammys was because Tyler, the creator, he had um, won, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he had won his first Grammy and he had a lot to say when they asked him, how did he feel about winning best rap album? So I'm just going to play that. Uh, I'm half and half on it. Um, on one side, I'm very grateful that uh, what I made could just be you know, uh, acknowledged in a world like this. Um, but also it sucks that whenever we, and I mean, guys that look like me do anything that's genre bending or that's anything, they always put it in a rapper urban category, which is, and I don't like that urban word. It's just a politically correct way to say the N word to me. So when I hear that, I'm just like, why can't we just be in pop? Why can't it just, you know what I mean? So I felt like half of me feels like the, the rap nomination was a backhanded compliment. Like, oh, uh, my little cousin wants to play the game. Let's give him the unplugged controller so he could. And it's crazy that he said that was because there has been a lot of, you know, back and forth and a lot of different commentaries concerning 
award nominations and how they are rigged and, and that sort of thing. I know the CEO um, of, I don't want to be incorrect. I believe it's the Grammys as well, but I know one of the CEOs to one of the award shows uh, actually came out and stated that, you know, through her years of being in those conversations, she also realized that there was a discrepancy in the voting and how they choose who win and that sort of thing. And she kind of wanted to speak out about it. But as a whole, I just feel like we as a community just need to stop expecting others to understand our craft and just understand your craft. You know, you know, we have to stop expecting those who will never relate to us, um, will never fully understand and respect us the way that we want them to. So it's like, why continuously try to win the congratulations from people who wouldn't even congratulate you even if they were forced to? You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like pick and choose your battles and pick and choose, you know, just pick and choose your battles, you know? And so I do appreciate Tyler, the creator, to kind of um, come out and say what he needs to say. And he spoke his truth and didn't let anybody, you know, kind of shut him up and make him feel like what he was saying was impossible or was out of the norm. And he just did him. And I respect it and I admire it. And Congrats to everyone who won, you know, whether whether you walked away with an award or not, just know that you're always a winner and that we just need to stop putting our gratification and our wins and someone else's opinions hand. You know, it you are great with or without the acknowledgement of others and we just need to get to a place of understanding that you're better and you're bigger than a trophy, you know? And we just need to hold ourselves into a higher standard that we no longer need other people's cosigns and feedbacks to tell us that we're great and that we just know that we're great, you know? And that's period, you know? So on to the next topic of Tea Time Weekend Recap on Queen's Table. We're going to talk about this new virus, okay? Uh, this new virus is called the coronavirus which started in China and has already killed over 100 people. And more than 4,500 cases have been reported in China as well. And this number continues to grow. Uh, this virus usually resonates in infected animals, but sometimes can evolve and spread into humans. Currently, the most recent case has been in Maryland. Um, now, at least five cases are being monitored right now as we speak. Um, they're stating that the symptoms are very much so uh, very resemblant uh, to just your normal common cold. So there's really no way to kind of detect that you have it. I just pray that we just, this is, this is just too much. Oh my gosh, this is too much y'all. Like, Y'all don't understand. This is this. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. There's just too much. You know, this virus is very deadly. It's this virus is very very deadly, and it's you. It's it's non detectable. You know. So hopefully, 
with these five cases that are being monitored in the U.S., hopefully something happens where it can be controlled or something along those lines because it can literally wipe out the entire population in a heartbeat. You know, 4,500 cases right now are open in China and over 100 have died already. Lord be with us. That's all I have to say. Lord be with us. Okay. Lord be with us. Lord be with us. There's just a lot. There's just a lot. And with that being said, we're going to go on to our next topic on Tea Time Weekend Recap on Queen's Table. We're going to talk about Meek Mills versus Kenneth Petty. Okay. It just seems like they were at the right place at the right time where they exchanged some words. So um, both Meek and Kenneth were out shopping and they just so happened to be at the same store at the same time. Uh, sources say, stated that Meek tried to be civil and tried to basically uh, squash the beef and just let bygones be bygones. But Kenneth being the man that he is was like, nah, bro, keep that same energy. And so from that, it kind of escalated and it kind of went from there. And, you know, Twitter had their fair share of, you know, how they would have handled the situation and that sort of thing. And I just see it from both perspectives. You know, I see it from Meek perspective, like, bro, you got her, you know, y'all are married, y'all are together, you're not going nowhere. I don't care for her like that anymore. You feel me? We're going to be in the mix. We're going to see each other. I was clearly at a in a heart in a hurt place because I felt like she should have had my back a little bit better when it came to whole trial situation and stuff like that because my life depended on it. But, you know, now that I'm out and I'm all about progression, and I'm all about making money and I'm all about growth, like let's just dead the shit. You feel me? So, I get it. And then at the same time, I also understand Kenneth's point because it's like, keep the same energy. You had that energy prior, so I'm going to need you to keep that same energy. And if you don't want to keep the same energy, let's go outside. Let's just squash it out. Let's just have an old school street fight and call it a day. But at this point, both of y'all have too much to lose. You know, I respect Meek's approach. I also respect Kenneth's approach because... You know, as a man of his house, you know, you came sideways to his wife and hopefully the future mother of his kids. So he had to let let it be known. And I can't do nothing but co-sign with that. You feel me? So hopefully one day, you know, both of them can be in the same room without having any hostility or anything of that sort. Uh, but until then, you know, Keith, Kenneth, stay petty, you know? So on to another topic concerning Nikki, her brother, her brother actually got sentenced to 25 years to life for sexually assaulting his stepdaughter. And, you know, I, from, you know, speaking from someone who was a rape victim and a sexually assault victim and, I know the traumas that can come with being in that type of headspace and feeling how you're feeling and, you know, that sort of thing. I just know and pray and hope that 
she finds closure and I hope and pray that she gets all the help that she needs because even with me at 25, I still don't have it all the way together. There are some days where I don't even feel like myself. I don't feel beautiful. I don't feel worthy. So I just really just hope that she gets the help that she needs and that he serves his time. And yeah, we're just going to leave it as that. He serves his time. And so the last topic on Tea Time with Queen S, we're going to talk about Terry Crew versus Gabrielle Union over America's Got Talent. And so if you guys don't know, Gabrielle Union is um, actually in a legal battle with America's Got Talent over uh, her workplace environment, the hostility that she faced, um, you know, her being fired and, you know, that sort of thing. And with all that has been going on, uh, Terry Crews went on TV and basically co-signed what America's Got Talent and stated, you know, he never had any issues and, you know, that sort of thing. And there was a lot of people that were kind of disappointed in him. And they were like, you know, how dare you just like come out and just basically deny, you know, what Gabby said happened to her. And he ultimately came back on Twitter and he stated that his job is not to please anybody but his wife, Rebecca, and that if anybody has an issue, then that is something that they have to bring to their men, basically. And so all I have to say concerning this, Terry, is that when you came out stating that you were sexually assaulted and that you felt like you were harassed and you felt like your job was on the line because, you know, you couldn't act out the way that you wanted to act out because you were the breadwinner of your family and all this, that, and the third when you came out, one of the first people that supported you was Gabby. She was one of the first people who had your back, who came out in support with you, who came out and co-signed with you. And regardless of if those situations did not came about or you couldn't relate to those situations, your fellow sister did. And one thing that I realized is that in the black community, brothers don't stand up for women the way that they should. They don't stand up for their sisters the way that they should. And I honestly feel like we need to get to a place where it has to be unity. No comment is better than a comment. You know, when that topic came about, you could have found a different approach. You could have declined talking about it. There could have been several different factors that you could have used instead of just stating that it never happened, you know? But Gabby held her own, you know, and I know Gabby is not going to stand for no BS. I know she's not. She's going to fight to the end. But I'm just really just tired of this narrative of where black men are not supporting black women the way that they should. And I feel like if our men don't support us, then who will? Regardless of if the, if it's the man that I'm sleeping with or not. You know, we're all brothers and sisters at the end of the day. And when something happens to a white person, a white person doesn't say, oh, that's not my people, so I don't care. It's a, They're more like, it happened to the person. So let me put myself in that 
in their shoes. Let me put myself in their position. Let me see and empathize and sympathize with them. You know, there's a lot of coonery going on in this industry. And I just hope that there's a stop to it because I'm tired. I'm tired. But on that note, we're just going to wrap this episode up. Um, I'm sorry my energy is not as high as it usually is because like I said previously this was really hard for me and I do apologize that this is longer than normal as well but it's just it's just a lot it's just a lot but moving forward I hope everyone kind of take the lessons that Kobe has left us and understand that you know you are the only person responsible for why you aren't your best. And that is the Mumba mentality. And so I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you have not already, uh, listen to our past episodes below. And I will see you dirty, filthy whore bags later. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Be productive. Tell your loved ones you love them. Live your life with no regrets because life isn't promised tomorrow. And until next time, Hugs and kisses, y'all. Hugs and motherfucking kisses. Mwah.